my first year, that year that I graduated college, I made like 50 grand. And then the next year I tripled that. And the year after I tripled that. Blew up my YouTube channel from 6,000 to 100,000 in six months. All this is happening and you're what, 22, 23 years old at this time. Welcome to another episode of the Empire Podcast. My name is Bedros Koulian, and this is an inside look. And today we have a very special guest, Amanda Bucci. Amanda, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming out, kiddo. <laughs> All right. So, Amanda, you are what many would consider an influencer, yes. right? A social media influencer, and you have an online business. Mm -hmm. uh, first and foremost, why don't you kind of break down how you became an influencer, how you got your following and then how you converted that into a business. Yeah, good. So I call myself like an accidental entrepreneur because before I started being an influencer, being on Instagram or YouTube or anything, I come from a small town in Rhode Island. So not a lot of people around me, you know, had online businesses, were entrepreneurs at all. People didn't watch YouTube. It just wasn't a thing. So when I first got started on Instagram, I just followed a couple people and that's where I got my start. And I was terrified to do it. I was in college. I was like 2021. 20, people around me were kind of making fun of me. So I put my... I created a new Instagram just for fitness because I was falling in love with it. I absolutely loved the gym. I was like obsessed with it, yeah. just learning everything. Found a couple of people on YouTube that had info videos and I was diving in hard. Loved it, but I was scared because I know I'm a college kid. I would stay in on Friday nights, stuff like that, and people would make fun of me a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I created a new Instagram called Amanda Bucci Fit, which is the current one that I have now. And I had it on private for about a month because I was scared. Eventually, I started getting a little bit of validation from other people and I was like, all right, I'm going to go all in. And then I opened it up to everybody and every single day I would just post, post, post anything that was helpful, anything that I was doing, anything that I was learning, food, memes, stuff like that. And then all of a sudden it started to gain traction. This was in 2014 or so. And I was still in college and I was doing bikini competitions. I have done eight bikini competitions. And then I started to gain like a lot of traction. I had around 30,000 followers or so, graduated nursing school actually. So I went wow. to URI for nursing and I had every intention on still doing that again, kind of didn't really know what entrepreneurship even was. I was lost, but I knew that I loved fitness. I knew that I loved being on my social media accounts, was having a lot of people interested in what I was doing. And I just kind of didn't know what I didn't know. So once I realized, oh, people do YouTube, I met someone named Dom Mazzetti. Do you know who he is? Yes. The bro science yeah. guy. And I met him in real life and his name is Mike and he's like a normal person. And I was like, oh my goodness, like you do YouTube for a living. That's what you do. I was lost. So that it. was your first time that you got the taste of like, oh my gosh, there's people who can just post stuff on the internet yeah. and make money. Yeah. Like I became friends with his girlfriend at the time and I went to their place and I was like, you have a beautiful place in Marina Del Rey. Like all you do is make YouTube videos. And he was talking about a sponsorship deal he had with a company that was running ads on his video. And I was like, mind blown. So something in me just decided, okay, I'm going to go all in on this. I moved from Rhode Island to California, not necessarily now, for what opportunity. What year was that, the move? The move was technically in 2015 because I went there for a summer. And then the summer of my junior year, I waitressed every single day. I came to LA from Rhode Island with like $100 in my pocket, waitress every single day on the Venice boardwalk. Yeah. I rode my bike to work every single day. Oh, how fun. But it opened up just my mind to opportunity. And as a small town girl, there wasn't really a whole lot of people that were opportunistic. And in LA, everybody is. So I moved there and then I knew I had to save up to move officially. So I 
graduated 2016, I moved, so I've been in LA for three years now, and I was still waiting around for my nursing um, to get the papers back to say, okay, you can take your nursing exam now and you can go be a nurse. So I was doing bikini competitions, I started my YouTube channel, I got my first sponsorship deal from a supplement company, and I entered the bodybuilding.com spokesmodel search and I got involved in that. And like everything was just shooting up and going in my, going my way. And by the time I got the nursing papers back, I took the exam and I failed it. And then I read this book called The One Thing by yes. Gary Keller and it was literally speaking directly to me saying, hey, you're doing two things right now, you need to focus on one. And that was my calling to say, you need to focus on this thing. So I went all in on YouTube the next year, 2017 was my year of just five to six videos a week. I was making money fitness coaching. I just I got started doing fitness coaching. Um, I made, you know, a, my first year, that year that I graduated college, I made like 50 grand just from fitness coaching. And then the next year I tripled that. And the year after I tripled that by doing influencer stuff, blew up my YouTube channel from 6,000 to 100,000 in six months, like all influencer everything. And then by the end of, sorry, it was 2016, I found Lewis Howes and he was talking about online business. And here I am sitting here. I have a couple of sponsorship deals. I was making more money than I ever thought possible. Um, but I was getting all these questions from people like, are you going to keep doing YouTube until you're you know, a hundred. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, now, why don't you know. tell our, our listeners and viewers, all this is happening and you're what, 22, 23 years old at this time, yeah. right? Because right now you're 24. As we're doing yeah. this interview, you're 24 years old. And so one big lesson that I'm already getting, and my job is to be the eyes and ears of the audience and then to kind of extract yeah. more stuff from you is, you saw what others were doing and then you would just jump into it. It's almost like you were jumping out of all these different airplanes and building parachutes on the way down. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna create an Instagram account. I'm, I'm afraid of what I'm gonna post, so I'll keep it private for now, but you created the account and you had the intention. Mm -hmm. You saw that Don Mazzetti was doing YouTube. You created the YouTube channel. You started adding content. You weren't really sure probably what content to add in the beginning, am I right? Yeah, no, I knew that um, people were asking me questions on Instagram about fitness, because that's what I was sharing about, right? So you only have a certain amount of caption space. So for me, I was just like this is a better place to give educational videos I didn't know anything about vlogging or growing on YouTube but I knew that that was a better place to teach people things essentially sure. yeah, yeah. That, that's an interesting way to look at it so most people tend to overthink well I want to be an influencer but let me start overthinking all these different things what am I gonna influence about what content am I gonna post how am I gonna position myself portray myself you just kind of dove right in yeah and you started to do what what about you or what component is it in the human behavior that goes I'm just gonna do it versus overthink it? Yeah, I know, I think that's a good question. And I did think about it quite a bit, but there was just something in me that I think people are motivated by different things. And me personally, I've come to realize I'm really motivated by the potential that I'm not fulfilling. So I think what happened was I realized that my potential was here when I was in Rhode Island. Some small little thing was like, oh my God, your potential's up here. And then all of a sudden, like I kept realizing that it was bigger and bigger and bigger. And I had to like match it because that's what was motivating me. Sure. And I didn't realize that you could do all of these things and I think people who follow people like me and you and are learning about online business feel like their potential is really high but it's so far away that you have to kind of go backwards and break it down and say my potential is really high but I don't have to reach that tomorrow you, you can take years to reach it sure. and you are gonna take years to reach it and it's gonna take time you know it's funny that you say you talk about your potential where you knew you were here but your potentials up here because when we had Ed Milet out here uh, probably a month month and a half ago on this same show he goes, you know what? I know that one day I'm gonna die and, and, and I know that I'm gonna see my creator and when I do, he's gonna say, hey, look, this is who you could have been, mm. but you didn't become. 
right? right? Versus this is who you could have been and you became or you came awfully close. Mm -hmm. And if you look at life that way, whether people believe in the creator or not, doesn't necessarily matter. But at the end of the road, when we go away, did we, how close did we come to our fullest potential? But you're right, it is scary to go, that potential is so far away. We look at it as a staircase and if I'm only on step two and it's a hundred stairs, that's pretty intimidating. And so what I'm hearing you say then is you break it down, work backwards, you said break it down into chunks. Someone said- Yeah, like flights of stairs. Yeah, like if right? you're on flight zero and you're on the first floor, like get to, get to floor two. Get to floor two. You don't have to get to floor 10 tomorrow. Like you're gonna get tired and it's gonna take a while. And it's gonna start sucking. Maybe your asthma, it's gonna start acting up or right. whatever. But you know, you can eventually get there if you keep going up the stairs. Yeah. And so with that mentality of, of as you were going one flight up after another, I'm sure you had some sticking points or setbacks or trolls or haters, whatever. What, how did you deal with these sticking points, setbacks and trolls? Yeah, for me, it was definitely the internet people that had opinions because, because what I was doing was very personal. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily like, here's my business, I'm a business owner, here's what I'm gonna teach you. It was a lot of vlogging, it was a lot of my personal prep experience from my own competitions that I was doing. I let people into my life, I was vlogging every single day for the most part. So because of that, I broke down the barrier of like, you know, just separating myself from my business. So people felt entitled, and I, they kind of are if you have a comment section on a YouTube sure. channel, like they kind of are, um, to have their Good opinion point. on my life, you know? So I've come to figure out how to really deal with those kinds of people and those kinds of things. And yes, there was a, a ton of sticking points. Like there was a lot of times that I took things to heart that I let someone's comment about the way that I looked, what I was saying, how I was acting, the, their perception of me based on the, how their life has lived right. and how what their experiences are, they project that onto people, right? Like we all do, that's yeah. what we Everyone's do Everyone's looking at the world through the filters that they're looking at. Yeah. And then they're gonna project that on you and, and what you're doing. So when they did that, how do you deal with the setback to come back the next day and still pump out content? Yeah, there's, so there's a couple of different things that I realized with this and there's like a couple of steps that I had to go through and experience to really get to the place of, it's okay. Number one, talk to them, defend yourself. This is not something you shouldn't do. Spend like hours writing paragraphs back and forth and like trying to get this person on your side. It's not gonna work. Like that person is probably just so hurt inside that it's really triggering them in some sort of way. It's making them feel, it's projecting something back onto them, right? So you trying to do that, it might work, but it's so much energy. Like how much energy do you really have in one day? And you're giving your energy to that one person and not to creating content for hundreds of thousands of people. So that's number one. Number two is block delete, which is something that you can do. Um, I think that you can do it, especially if it's really rude, if it's ignorant, if it's something that's just bringing your page's energy down and you don't really want it to exist on there. Yep. People do have the right to comment whatever they want, but if it's something that's just really yucky, get it off there, that's what I say. Um, and if it's something that is still kind of constructive, but there's, you can tell at this point, you can kind of tell like, okay, you're projecting something and this is your you know, victim mindset projecting onto my content kind of thing. Right now, I kind of, if, if it's something that I really feel like I wanna communicate with that person, I say, I'm sending you love. Thank you for your opinion. It is appreciated always, but I'm sending you love. Like this is not the way that I'm perceiving this and I'm sorry that you perceive it that way. So you wow. really have to take a lot, of, a yeah. lot of troll comments and a lot of mean things to get to that level, it's tough. Sure, and so with that said then, you obviously went from sharing your life as you were getting doing contest prep and, and you're posting a lot about your life and vlogging and videos and, on Instagram to hey, I think there's a way to make money here, especially when you discover Lewis House. Yeah. And so how did you make that transition to take the people who are following you, who have now become fans and advocates, 
and get them to give you money for a service. Right. So, yeah, sustainability was my big question in my mind when I was doing YouTube videos. And a lot of my, my money that I was making, about half of it was coming from consistent content, um, sponsorships that had commissions. So because I was just posting consistently, like every single day, here's my protein powder that I use, it was easy to share everything that I was using. So about half of my income came from that. The other half came from fitness coaching, which I didn't know how to scale that business. So it was started, I was starting to resent it because I didn't know how to scale it. So I actually stopped it. Um, so by the end of the year, that's the only thing I really had was YouTube and I felt like it wasn't going to be sustainable for me. So I met Lewis, I joined his mastermind right away. I've never invested in my business ever. Like I kept everything to myself, never hired a team, never invested into a mastermind, never invested into a business. And because of that investment, the first weekend I was just like, completely mind blown about online business. I was like, holy crap, there's email lists that I don't have and there's funnels and there's ads and there's products that I can create and courses that I can make and like higher level coaching that I can do. And my wheels were just spinning. And I was like, this is the sustainability that I was looking for. I can create something. I already have the people to give it to give to it that are essentially just sitting there waiting for me to create something amazing for them. And I ended up creating two different things. One of them was a high level 90 day coaching program. And then one of them was a certification program for fitness coaches to learn exactly how to coach and apply the real life information. So I spent the last year building those two things and I've hired a team. I invested so much back into my business with building the team and making sure that the products are amazing for the people that are receiving them. Sure. And I have this vision for myself now that I used to see the little the little potential blocks go up and up one by one. And now I've seen them go up by like Incremental. Hundreds. Right. Yeah. So I can see the future and it's so much higher now. Yeah. So I finally have a vision for myself that's actually long term, not just what am I doing next month. Okay. Then as a empire builder, we all must have vision. Like I know I want 2,500 Fit Body Bootcamp locations worldwide by 2023. And when we do that, we'll impact 10 million lives every morning. Like that turns me on. I'm a personal yeah. trainer still. I'm a coach. And that's that's the impact I want to I want to live. And so what is your empire vision? What do, you, what do you see and when do you see it happening? Yeah, no, I love that. So I think you just inspired me to create those really specific numbers because I'm not there yet because, you know, my businesses that I created are about a year old now. Sure. Aside from my audience and all of that stuff, like the actual businesses are about a year old, but I do see so much potential for them. So... I guess all in all, the empire that I want to build is something that allows people to do make a living doing what they love, being as authentically them as humanly possible. That's huge. Yeah, which is really um, something I'm really passionate about, just the authenticity of business, not something that they feel like they have to do because we're living inauthentically if we're in doing, spending 40 hours a week doing something that we don't love. So step number one is obviously to get out of that thing if you don't love it. And step number two is to create something that allows you to thrive in who you are and actually hones in on your strengths. And step number three is beyond that, right? So that's kind of the empire that I want to build. And obviously I need to meet people where they're at. So there's not a lot of people that can finally feel that um, that level of actualization of here's me being fully authentic. That takes so much time, right? It takes a lot of personal growth, takes a lot of mentors, takes a lot of coaching, workshops, all of that stuff. So I want entry level products, mid-level products, and higher level products to be able to serve all those people at different levels. So this has really given me a lot of great insight. So you're 24 years old. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself in the viewers and listeners' shoes. And they're going, she's 24 and her business is only a year old. And she found Lewis House and joined his mastermind. Now, I should tell you the level of connections there because Lewis spoke at my event two years before that. And we're in the, standing in the back of the room after he's done speaking and the next presenter's up. 
And I'm like, Lewis, you got to start a mastermind. I'm like, why do you not have a mastermind? And then you spoke at his, and that's how I met you. Right. I helped him start his mastermind. That's crazy. He took him through the whole process of how I do my masterminds, and he starts his. You joined that mastermind, and then here we are today on the show. Yeah, that's so, my fault. I mean, look at the impact that we're making there. But what makes a, at the time, I guess, is what, 23-year-old, mm -hmm. say, I'm going to hire a mentor? It was truthfully the fact that I had already done everything that I knew how to do. So I knew how to build an audience. I had 200,000 YouTube subscribers, about three, 400,000 Instagram followers. And I was seeing all of my peers do, you know, essentially like create eBooks, do fitness coaching, try to find sponsorships, get more money from the sponsorships. And it was really like an employee mindset in a way. And I knew that there was more out there, but I didn't know what I didn't know. Every single time I created something new, I figured out that new thing, whether it was me finding out what YouTube was or me finding out what masterminds were, I knew that someone else had the information that I really needed. And I knew that I had to go be curious and experience what that person had to offer so I can figure out what's my next big breakthrough. Gotcha. And with Lewis's first weekend, that January first weekend, it was worth it to me that one day, like the first day. So instead of trying to spend more time, energy, and effort figuring it out, you mm. just went to an, a coach who can get together like-minded people, right? And go, hey guys, here's how we're doing it, right? Right? A tremendous value in that, and actually, that's what you do. You do fitness coaching. Someone can probably go online and look at different diet programs, workout programs, try different things to figure it out. Because, well, I don't want to waste my money. I don't want to pay so much. But how much more time, life, energy, stress, frustration did you waste mm -hmm. rather than finding Amanda and saying, hey, look, I want you to coach me in my health and my nutrition, right? Right. Where that's concerned. So really, we always stress about mentoring. Like to build an empire, you've got to always have mentors. And I'm 16 years into being an entrepreneur now. And I, right now, currently, I have Joel Weldon, Joe Polish, and Craig Valentine as people that I pay yeah. who mentor me in right. three different areas of, 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 my, of my business. And um, most people think that, what, well, am I gonna reach a point where I'm done working with a mentor? And so, what some is your next- Some of the best people work with mentors. Like yeah. Michael Jordan, he has a mentor. And some yeah. of like the top people, they always have people who can, even if they're not above them, like they're, they have a skill that they can help you with that you don't have to think about, right? Sure. You don't wanna have to hodgepodge your way through life. And then you have a different perception of what your life and what you're doing is than someone else, an outside eye. That's always going to be true yeah. forever. Yeah, so much value in having outside eyes because again, we're looking at our life and right. our business through the glasses, the filters that we have on. Well, mm -hmm. you can only see so much of those filters. Now, if I say, Amanda, come take a look at my life and my business through your outside eyes, you might see an opportunity or a bottleneck that I just have, have missed. Yeah, for sure. And so that's, that's a big thing. So, so moving on here, Someone who says, well, I want to start using Instagram or YouTube vlogging to build a business. I want to become an influencer, but specifically with the idea of building a business. What would be their first two to three steps? Yeah, so I would definitely, number one, if you're already a trainer, you're already someone that has a skill, that is perfect. You just have to hone in on who you want to talk to because there's so many different people that you can talk to, especially as a fitness person, and you don't want to think about your social media account as just the the person that's talking to everybody, because then you're gonna talk to nobody. There's hundreds of millions of Instagram posts and YouTube videos that go out every minute. Sure. So you wanna separate yourself somehow. So you wanna make sure that whoever does find you, you wanna be specific to who you want to find you, right? So you have to create content that's going to help a really specific person. Um, maybe someone that's not just necessarily a demographic. I don't really like to think of niching as just a demo. I like to think of it as where are they at in their life? What kind of person are they? So for you personally, it's not necessarily an age 
age or a gender demo, it's like a, I'm stuck because I've tried a million things right. and I don't know where to go next. So it's like a where are they at in their current life situation type of person. So you want to think about that. What are their biggest pain points? What are their biggest struggles? How can you help them? I teach my students how to do content brain dumps. So think about different kinds of content that are going to do well on those social platforms, Give right? Give an example. So a couple of different things you can do. Videos, teaching moments, social proof, um, personal stuff, anything that's personal because humans buy humans, not necessarily just products. They buy like, especially if uh, you're on social media, you want to be social and you want to let people know who you are. And that's how I created so much of my success because I let people into who I truly am authentically. Now, most people are going to tell me, hey, that's too difficult. How much of my personal life do I share? And when I share that, I, I'm afraid of the criticism and the feedback. How much do they share? First of all, let me ask that question. How much do they share or would you recommend they share their personal life? Good question. So I don't think you have to sit here and tell your biggest, deepest, darkest secrets. What's the last lie you told to someone important to you? Like things like that. I think that that will come with time if you want to do that and if that makes sense for you and your business. But it does make sense for your business to show personal things about you, whether it's your favorite food, your favorite music, maybe you're just quickly out to dinner with like your husband or wife and you're like, hi, we're out to dinner or whatever. It doesn't have to be you videoing your entire life. You're you know, just taking little snapshots of what you are doing as a human. So if you show me that you're drinking coffee and I like coffee, we're gonna connect because coffee connects people. <laughs> but coffee just those little, those little things will connect you to someone and I can't even tell you the amount of people that will DM me what's the goal of social media you want people to talk to you and get in your DM yeah. what if someone DMs you because they love that song that you just screenshotted on your Spotify right and then you start a conversation with them like how can you get people to start conversations it's not always just necessarily hey tell me about your biggest struggle in fitness it could just be hey do you like unicorns too like I think magic is cool like weird things sure. that you wouldn't even think about so it doesn't necessarily have to be you know your deepest darkest secrets for me personally I remember when I did tell one of my secrets on social media for the first time and it was when I had a binge eating experience and it was after one of my competitions uh. and people had already been following me they saw me prep I finished and I was going through this kind of alone on an, on an island I would say where no one really knew I was going into my cabinets and eating whatever was there I had an entire jar of cookie butter one time like all of these things and I thought I was the only person that ever experienced that and then I remember I was like I'm gonna just tell Instagram and like write a caption about it but I had already kind of overcome it so I would say if it's something you're currently going through emotionally don't talk about it as your business owner I guess self until you're kind of on the upswing because sure. you don't necessarily want to have your followers and your audience feel sympathy for you you want them to see you as someone who overcomes struggles because sure. that's what you do as a leader right yeah. so as a leader the hero's journey right yeah, yeah for sure so overcoming the struggle is something that people can be inspired by and you know maybe you're overcoming the struggle internally right now you don't want to necessarily share it just yet because it doesn't make sense for your business so it makes sense for your business to share something that you have overcome because it inspires people struggle is connection so I experienced binge eating but maybe someone else is experiencing anxiety or depression and sure. they can connect with me because I'm struggling and I'm not perfect yeah right wow that's that, that's a really important thing so what how did you position that because someone's gonna say well I want to share the, about the time that I got abused or or raped molested binge eating anorexia anxiety stress whatever 
How do you position that? Do you go, hey guys, um, so after my show, I just started to binge eat and I haven't stopped for four weeks and I finally stopped. And I'm back. Like, what do you say in the caption? Yeah, so I think, I don't know, I could probably go back and find the caption, but I think something along the lines of, I've been struggling, I wanted to share this with you guys, I felt like I wasn't being transparent because I feel like I tell you guys everything, and this is what I've been experiencing, and what I learned is blah, blah, blah. And then I think I might have said, has anyone ever experienced this or something along those lines? And I started just having like real conversations in the comment section. I responded to every single comment until I had about 70,000 followers. Oh, wow. But I don't know, connection to me is the most important thing. Connection and trust building, especially on social media. So for me, it, it helped my brand create a safe space for people. So people feel safe going into my comment section and I say, what's your biggest struggle? And they feel safe being there because I, they'll, they'll see me communicate back, they'll see other people share, and it just allows them to open up and feel comfortable with me because I allowed that space to, to happen. Like I was holding space for them by sharing my own story. Yeah. So it was really like a here's Holy what I hell. learned moment, yeah. And so I noticed what you kind of broke down what the caption was hey, has anyone else experienced this? This is what I was struggling through, and these are the lessons. I, and mm. I noticed, because I do follow you, that every single one of your posts, there's takeaways. There's, mm. and sometimes you actually number them. I love that. One, yeah. do this. Two, do that. Three, do this. People love numbers. People <laughs> they love, love numbers, lists. right? Yeah. We love lists. And so one of the big lessons, whether you're sharing a business breakthrough, a personal breakthrough, um, an epiphany, what is the lesson that the reader, viewer, watcher is gonna get out of it is what I'm really hearing you say, right? Yeah, so it's actually, it could be really important for you as a business owner to come up with what your top five lessons that you want your audience to walk away with. And then you can always create content surrounding those lessons. So maybe it's not the same exact thing, but for me it's authenticity. So maybe I have 10 different stories that I share that always come back to authenticity. Maybe I have 10 different stories that I share mm. that always come back to health. 10 different, like all of these different types of teaching moments. And this is how you create millions millions of pieces of content that never get old because number one you can recycle them and number two they can always lead into a message and then there's different types of experiences and things that you can teach about that will send that message essentially. And so I'm going to ask a last and final question before we wrap up here. Yeah, but Amanda, you're young, you started the game early, you're ahead of the curve. What about me? I'm in my 30s, I'm in my 40s, I'm in my 50s, and I want to be an influencer and build an online business. Is this still possible? Yeah, no, I love that question, and I think it's so important because I've gotten a lot of, I guess, flack from my audience and people you know, telling me when I first got started teaching people how to grow Instagram and stuff like that, they would say, well, you're young and pretty, so that's all you got. Like, you're, that's easy for you. Like, sure. you have a body, fitness, blah, blah, blah. And I have seen so many of my clients who are just getting started. Some of them are older, some of them are younger, some of them, you know, aren't the most shredded people in the world. But guess what? Connection and trust trump everything. They mm. trump aesthetics. So if you can get people to connect with you, to trust you, and to learn from you, it doesn't have to be about your body. It doesn't have to be about what you look like. It doesn't have to be about your age. There's a ton of people out there. Like think of Jordan Syatt. He right. doesn't use his body at all to promote his fitness business, but he has one of the most engaged followings on social media. He has one of the most amazing businesses out there, especially for fitness, awesome YouTube channels, constantly turning out content, and it has nothing to do with what he looks like. Your mind is going to connect with people so much more than just what you look like. And yeah, Instagram is a visual platform, but just come up with different, more creative ways to be visually appealing. Like for this podcast, for example, you post a couple times a week, just a little video clip of just a conversation yeah. It's not necessarily about what we look like right now, but it's about what we're saying. And you're creating a visual experience by having words on the screen, making it look nice over here, right. all of those kinds of things. So all those things matter, obviously, as we're putting out content. It's not about how we look. 
or our age is what I'm hearing you say, but the connection points we make. Mm. I like coffee, you like coffee. I like this music, oh my gosh, she likes that music. And each point of connection builds a deeper relationship. Yes. And Craig and I call that building the know, like, and trust factor. Mm -hmm. and the more you know me, like me, trust me, the more likely you are to do business with me and Absolutely. repeat that business experience. And that was a big takeaway here. So for our audience, if our audience wants to reach out to you, connect with you, learn more from you or about you, where do they go? So you can definitely find me on Instagram. That's where I'm all the time. You can send me a DM and say, Pedro sent me, because I'll totally respond back to you if you say that. And then you can also go to Bucci Radio, which is my podcast, and we're going to be interviewing you next for that. So. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us for another amazing episode of the Empire Podcast. Now, the greatest compliment that you can give to us is liking, loving, and sharing this episode with all of your friends. So please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, and then share it online and social media with everyone that you know, and make sure to tag us, because we love hearing from Empire listeners. And if you own a business that's doing half a million dollars or more in annual revenues, and you know it's got massive potential, and you'd like myself and Craig Ballantyne to help you scale it by 5x, 10x, and 20x in the shortest amount of time possible, then you might be a great candidate for the Empire Mastermind program that we have. To learn more about the Empire Mastermind program, go to bedroskoolian.com forward slash empire.